appreciate this circus music bringing us back. I don't know this track. Did KJ pick this one? No, this is Keith's 8 p.m. opening song. Oh, it's the 8 p.m. song? Yep. Oh, I don't know this one. I mean, I'm more of a... I mean, I like all kinds of music, but I, you know, I've gotten really back into some of the 90s rock. You know, some of the stuff that I didn't like quite as much back in the day, I'm real into now. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. I, I like that stuff. That's my stuff right there. That's your stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Foo Fighters, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Audio Slave. Al- Alice in Chains has been, you know... Um, I love audio slave. Chris Cornell, God, that, the best. Too bad he. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, a lot yeah, of those yeah. guys. Even you know another band I was big into. Um, you know, Lincoln Park. We lost Chester Bennington a while ago. It's sad. Um, yeah, I don't think much about the music. I guess I'm thinking more about the music when I do the shows. KJ's always thinking about the music. Rich thinks about the music. You know, it's his show. Um, damn, I had an I had an iPod from like 2005. I was using. It just recently died on me, so now I'm on my phone exclusively. But damn. just recently, yeah, so all this time it. you've been using I was the iPod, using it, man. It was awesome. It wasn't connect. You know, I could detach from the phone. It had all my. It was a great collection of music. Luckily, I was able to save most of the music, and I have it now on my phone. Um, but I had a damn good collection. All these different. You know, I had the original version, which you'd think wouldn't be hard to find, but it is a big pimping by by Jay Z. You know, the unedited, full-length version of Big Pimpin'. Tougher to find than you think. I had that, and it's still on my phone. So I got that. Um, I can send you the file if you want that. Just let me know. I mean, it sounds like you got good music taste. We should do a music show. We should do a music show. I, I mean, I'm into everything. Went to an Elton John concert a few years back. It was awesome. I like rap. I like country. Some, you know. That's where you lose me. Not country guy. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm not as big into the country. It has to really be mainstream. I'm not diving into the depths of country, but uh, whatever. We might as well take this opportunity real quick to get into the emails. Um, thank you for your emails. Random ask emails is the is the theme of this. We appreciate everybody that's that's written in. Um, Nico, do you want a sports related email or a non sports related email? Or I guess all of them sort of have to do with sports. Give me the non sports. All right, let me give you. Uh, right, here we go. Um, well, this is the, this is the best one for that. In your, Jimmy and Brockton, in your opinion, what's the most iconic quote or catchphrase from Happy Gilmore? Oh, easy. It's the price is right. The, the price is wrong, bitch. Yeah. That's the one. That one, yeah. Now there's other, that's the one though. I mean, the way he said it, how he said it leading to the fight with Bob Barker, that is the answer. You know, there was, you know, the jocker, you know, that, that guy was one and, um, I do like the scene at the beginning of the movie where he's taking the baseballs off the chest in the pan cage, and he's like only 364 more days to hockey that's one, tryouts. That's one. That's a big one. How about uh, somebody's closer? That was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one in the movie. But you're right. The price is wrong. That's That one is the one that if I had to reenact, I'd have the most fun reenacting. It's the one that I think about the fighting, the hockey mentality on the golf course, um, and it was funny. You know, in the moment there, the way he says it, that's that's the... Everything about it was perfect. How am I supposed to chip with that going on, Doug? Like, that was another one. Um, but everything about that quote, the price is wrong, was perfect. So that's the answer to that. Thank you to Jimmy and Brockton. More emails, mark.dondero at odyssey.com. Um, we'll get to a few more of these as the night goes on. That was the only 
uh, for now at least, the only non-sports-related one. Some of them are off the beaten path. They're off the beaten path. They can ask anything. Um, so thank you for the emails. Um, listen, real quick. The Boston I just need to say this on the Celtics, and we'll get into some of the other stuff. There was a comment made by Udonis Haslam I want to get to of the Miami Heat. But I got to just say this on the Boston Celtics, all right? Major props. Major props to Wick Grosbeck. And by association, Danny Ainge. Do you understand me? Okay. Because what they've done, and we this isn't some secret. I'm not revealing anything here that we didn't already know. But what Wick Grosbeck has done with the Boston Celtics and what he has achieved, absent of a championship with this group, mind you, is everything that we've yearned for from every other team in this city. I'll say it again. What Wick Grosbeck has done with the Boston Celtics is achieve a level of ambition that we have yearned for from every other team in this city. Wick Grosbeck has achieved it. Now, can they finish it off with a championship? We'll get into how they can do that and what needs to happen for that to come to fruition. But I want to applaud Wick Grosbeck. I hope he's listening. Merry Christmas, Wick. Happy New Year to you. Because that is how you run an organization. What the Boston Celtics are doing is exactly how everybody in this city expects these organizations to be run. Now, maybe it's not as realistic if you're not knocking on the door of a championship like the Celtics are. Credit to them for building it to this point. But that's how you run an organization. You go for it. You spend. You be aggressive. Brad Stevens has done exactly that. And I'm going to make another point. I'm going to make another point when I finish this rant that is vitally important to the the Boston Celtics championship prospects and what they could think about seeing come June. But I just want to say it again. Wick Grosbeck, this is how you do it. And every other organization, Red Sox, Patriots, take notice. He sat there, is what he said, I think, on the Greg Hill show. Whatever, I'll give Greg Hill credit. He sat there and told Greg Hill that when the finals or the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7, was going south, he sat there thinking about how he was going to make his next aggressive move and how he was going to make his next bold move to get this organization back to where it needed to go. Now, I get it, they're close. Closer than any other team in the city. But they could be, you know, other teams could be close too. And what did Wick commit to do in that moment there in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals? He committed to making something bold happen. And what did they do? They traded Marcus Smart, a very controversial, much-beloved figure, a great player, a leader, longest-tenured Celtic. I mean, he was arguably the culture of the Celtics in a big way. He was the defensive player of the year. You just struggled defensively. You're getting rid of one of your best defense. It was a bold move, something High and Bloom never did. And look what And now you got Kristaps Porzingis. We'll see what happens. He could get injured. But he has been a home run when he's been on the court. And this team is is in as good a shape as possible. And I can't wait to see how it unfolds. But credit to Wick Grosbeck for having that mentality and embracing that approach. And for Brad Stevens for buying in. That is how it's done. And those men deserve a ton of credit. I could not be more proud to support the Boston Celtics and how they do business. Wick and Brad... That's a great job. 
I don't even care. We'll see what happens. I don't know if they're going to win the championship. You know, I like to think that they're poised. There's still questions I have. There's tweaks that need to happen. There's things they need to prove. I understand all that. But the approach is spot on. You go out, you get guys like Derek White. You bring in Porzingis. You bring, you replace Marcus Smart with Drew Holiday. You shake up the team without really shaking up what they're capable of. I love it. I love it. This is what I wish every team in Boston could do. Have that mentality. Have that approach. I get it. It's harder. and You know, you need to get a quarterback if you're the Patriots to get yourself close to the level that you want to be on. I get that's difficult. Not as difficult if you're the Red Sox. Just isn't. You should be able to buy yourself into contention. Now, winning the World Series, that's a different situation. But the Boston Red Sox, based on how Major League Baseball is structured, should be able to buy themselves into contention and be in the freaking playoffs basically every year just by spending. Guess what? I'm not a, I'm not a baseball executive. Nico's not a baseball executive. Is Shohei Otani worth going out and getting? I would say he's a so. Good player. I mean, I can see he's a good player. Now he's worth a lot of money. The the way they structured the contract might make you give you some pause. But go find go spend money on good baseball players. If you can do that, you're going to be in you know, you might not win the World Series. That takes elite high-level class master class type of stuff. I get that. But you're the Red Sox. You should be able to spend to get into the playoffs year in and year out and then you figure out how to be great and do what the Celtics are doing. But I applaud the Boston Celtics for their approach and how they've handled this team, this core, and the the capabilities and prospect that they have in almost winning a championship two years ago, being on on the verge of it, or at least the finals last year, and having the type of squad that could get it done. That is exactly the approach that you need to have. Spare no expense. Go for it. And then when you're doing that, hitting. Porzingis, Derek White. I mean, even, I hate it, but even the Rob Williams thing, I hate it. But you get rid of Rob Williams, and then he ends up out for the year. I mean, the guy had injury concerns, he ends up out for the year. Major props to Wick Grosbeck and Brad Stevens. That's how it's wrong. That's how it's done. Um, Do I have to read this here, Nico, before the trending? Do we have a read? No. All right. Let's get it trending. When we get back... Okay, I'm going to make a very specific point here. We alluded to it a little bit earlier. But I'm going to tell you why the Boston Celtics are going to win this championship and why the model that they have chosen is going to get it done for them. And it's a model that we have seen specifically in this town before. And this is why they're going to get over the hump this year, next year, eventually. This is why the Celtics are going to get it done. This is the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dundaro in for Rich on WEI. It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Now we're talking, Nico. This is my stuff. Now this is one of my favorite music videos of all time. Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal, much better than the original. Um, great music video. It had the little kid dancing 
going back a long ways. But this is during my MTV heyday, so I remember this one very well. Um, back here on the Rich Keith Show, Mark Dundero in for Rich. WEI 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Um, just one more thing on the Celtics here. And this is really one of the major reasons why I'm so confident that they're going to win the championship. I think it'll be this year, and we could talk about some of the reasons why I might have a pause. But what the Boston Celtics have set up, you know, again, we've talked a lot about over the course of the last 20 years, we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of championships, and the fan base in this city specifically is uniquely qualified to identify what makes up a championship-level team, a championship-level roster or situation. And what I see out of the Boston Celtics is very, very similar to what I remember seeing out of the New England Patriots when they began their run of championships. Same thing. Very, very similar. Now, you've had some really great players. Jason Tatum, maybe the greatest one in recent memory. He might be end up he might end up better than Paul Pierce, than Kevin Garnett when it's all said and done um, and when his time with the Celtics is over. But it reminds me a lot of how the Patriots started things back in 2001 and even before. Bill Parcells in place. Bill Parcells creates the foundation. It's not apples to apples, but Bill Parcells created the foundation of a team that was championship ready. He just didn't know how to get them over the hump. He didn't have the guys. He didn't have whatever the coaching style or philosophy that allowed for it to happen here in New England. And then obviously he left. But Parcells needed to happen in order for Bill Belichick to ultimately take it across the finish line. I see a lot of that. You know, Pete Carroll or a Pete Carroll type of figure notwithstanding, I see the same thing unfolding with the Celtics. You needed Danny Ainge to do what he did, the master stroke that was Jason Tatum. You know, trading out of the number one pick and still getting Tatum. Making the trade, the the Garnett and Pierce trade, ending up with Jalen Brown. You know, getting that draft capital that allowed you to draft those guys and then hitting on those picks. I don't know if Brad Stevens could have done all that. But maybe the Celtics needed Brad Stevens to make the roster championship ready and fill the roster and supplement the roster with guys that were going to be able to play alongside the Stars, Tatum, Brown, that would allow them to get to a championship situation and win it. I don't know if they could. I don't know if Danny Ainge was ever going to be able to get the Celtics to that point. I don't know. He liked to you know, stash away the draft picks in Maine. He had trouble finding the complimentary pieces. I don't know if he could have gotten them to that point. Now, they haven't won anything yet. But it does feel like the Patriots from back in the 90s and then into the early 2000s. Parcells creates the foundation. A lot of players that would be a big part of your championship team, ultimately. And then Bill Belichick takes it the rest of the way and delivers. It's a little different because the best player then was drafted by Belichick, the second guy. The best player now was drafted by the first guy in Ainge. But I don't think Ainge necessarily could have put the pieces around those stars to make them championship ready like they feel like they are now. It was Ainge. Now it's Stevens hopefully taking us home. It was Parcells. Belichick took us home. It feels very similar, and it gives me, you know, hope that this is the situation and the blueprint 
that's going to once again come to fruition and work out for this team just like it did for the Patriots some 20-plus years ago. That's why I, That's one of the reasons why I think they're going to be ready to win a championship. You know, they have to figure some stuff out. Jalen Brown, great player, love his game. But I do think he is, I do think you need to use him in a specific way, and I don't think that you can rely on him the way you rely on other stars in the NBA. I don't. I think going into the playoffs, the top three people on your team that you need to think about as the top three guys are Jason Tatum, are Chris Daps Porzingis, and Derek White. Those are your top three guys. When it matters most, those are the three guys you want. With the ball, making decisions, and executing. And the guy with the ball to start the whole thing is Drew Holiday. Number five on that list is Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown's going to have a big... He's going to have a big say in if the Celtics win a championship. I don't mean to disrespect Jalen Brown. You know, you need Jalen Brown in there to dominate in the first quarter or dominate during a stretch of the second quarter and build that lead to 15 or 13 or 17 because he's on fire and he's so athletic and so gifted. You need Jalen Brown to do that. I just don't know if... Jalen Brown is capable of always answering the call whenever the call needs to be answered. He can answer it. You know, he'll talk when he's available to talk sometimes. he's talk. He'll talk when he's ready to talk or when he's in a talkative mood. But is he ready to talk when sometimes he's not in a talkative mood? Is he ready to answer the call sometimes when he's not feeling like talking? I don't know if I can say that. And with with the money he makes and with how skilled he is and how talented and athletic he is, you'd like to think he'd be more available in those moments, and I'm not sure he is. He doesn't feel like he he is the winning player that a Derek White is. He's more talented athletically than Derek White. But White's a winning player. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Porzingis has been extremely impressive. I trust Porzingis down the stretch of big games more than I trust Jalen Brown. I'm sorry. I'm just going on. I don't care about the stats. Stats lie. Stats are for losers. I'm going off of what I've seen and what I've seen in big moments during must-have stretches down the end of big games. That I just want. I haven't been as confident with Jalen Brown. So I like Porzingis, but I will say, We've seen Jalen Brown perform in big moments in the playoffs more than we have Porzingis. True. It's still going to be a question mark for me. I think it's a question mark with everyone on the team for the most part. I think even Tam has some question marks about the big moments. I mean, if you look back two years ago when the Celtics were in the finals, Tam was definitely not at his best. This is a big prove-it year for the Celtics, and I think it really lies on Jalen Brown and Jason Tam to step up. And the way I look at them is they have very clearly defined roles. Jalen Brown's the guy that comes out sets the tone to start the game, gets him off to the hot start. Like you're saying, he builds that lead in the second quarter, and Jason Tam is the guy. He doesn't always get off to the best start, but when it's the fourth quarter, he wants the ball. He's the guy to close out the game. And I think the key to everything, like you talk about, is Derek White. And the way I view Derek White is he's there to take the ball out of their hands and let them play a little off the ball. Because I think both Tam and Brown, we see in key moments when there's a lot of pressure on them, they tend to turn the ball over. They need someone to help facilitate things. I think that's the role Derek White's going to play. And Porzingis almost kind of makes the Celtics, I would say, like system proof. Like you can't really scheme against them 
because if the threes aren't falling for the Celtics, Porzingis is good enough. And one thing I would love to see him more is playing that post game. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is stop this team. That's what it is. The only thing that's going to stop them is injuries. That and I just, you know, I think they're more equipped to have a big a big performance, you know, a big run through the ball. Obviously, I think they're ready to win a championship. But I, you know, the thing you said about Tatum, it just feels like, and maybe he solved this riddle, but it just feels like, and you can, if you don't agree, call in or text or what it six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It just as great as Jason Tatum is, and he has shown up in big moments and delivered on the biggest stage in the biggest moments. But sometimes he's still inconsistent, and I feel like when he gets inconsistent, everybody else on that team knows it, and they know that Tatum's mind. Or Tatum isn't right. And if he's not right, they know that bad things happen. He doesn't make shots. They'll turn the ball over him or Jalen Brown. And I think the team knows that. An example of this, or I guess to juxtapose that point, when I watched the the Nuggets last year in the finals, okay, did Jokic or Murray dominate every moment of every game in the finals? No. Murray missed a big shot at the end of one of the games that would have tied it or sent it to overtime. Jokic didn't dominate in every but I'm the, it, when they weren't at their best, it never looked like the rest of their team was worried that they were going to become a detriment to the operation. They all felt like the next shot was going to go in. The next shot was good. They'll be fine. They'll figure it out. It's just a matter we have to hold it down until Jokic figures it out until Jamal gets going again. I don't feel that with the Celtics. I feel with the Celtics, and maybe Marcus Smart was a big problem, like a big reason why this was a problem. With the Celtics, when they know Tatum isn't feeling it or when he's off, I feel like the rest of the Celtics worry that that could be a really um, a sinking, not just a sinking feeling, but something that could derail the entire operation for that game. Jason Tatum being off, maybe they think that when he is off or when he's not right, he gets into a very dark place and it's hard for him to turn it around. And when he's not right, he's really not right. And the shots don't fall and he makes bad turnovers and bad decisions and his play becomes a detriment to what the Celtics are trying to do. I don't think other teams, other superstars, even when they're not playing well, make their teammates feel that. Now, I'm not – this is just me watching from afar. This could be totally wrong, and, I, and I'll and i admit that. If that's absolutely not how the Celtics think, then I'll stand up and say I was absolutely wrong. Or if Jason Tatum, you know, dominates all the way through the playoffs this year, I'll say I was, I was the best I've ever seen. I'm wrong. But I have felt in the past that sometimes that that feeling of, hey, don't worry, we've got Tatum, we'll find a way, has been absent from the Celtics. That doesn't exist. When on other teams, that does exist. Even though you don't always find a way, it does exist on other teams. Where because they have player X, superstar X, we always feel like we're going to find a way. The Celtics always feel like they're going to find a way to win. I don't always believe the Celtics think like that. Not with Tatum, not with Brown. When Brown and Tatum aren't going well, when they're not right, I think it does get bad and it can get into a bad place and then you don't always know how quickly they're going to come out of it. That's what I'm worried about with the Celtics. 
I think they've done enough. You know, they've changed the DNA. Drew Holiday, Porzingis, Derek White's taken a bigger role this year. He looks as good as he's ever looked. Tatum's been, you know, they're they're awesome. And I think they're going to prove all of my doubts uh, to be not worthy of having those doubts. But I'm just telling you, until we see it, you know, it didn't work out in the tournament. Now, I don't have a lot of respect for the in-season tournament in terms of projecting what's going to happen in the playoffs. But, it, you know, they didn't win that tournament. They came up short there. There's another thing that they just fell short on. So I, until I see it, you know, this is what we talk about when you have a high bar. Not fair all the time, but it's what it's all about. When you're an all-NBA player, when you're a championship-level team, you got to reach high places. So, yeah, the bar's damn high for Tatum, for Brown, for the Celtics. And until I see it, until I see them with a winning DNA, because winning a lot of games and having a winning DNA are different things. Celtics win a lot of games. I'm still trying to get one over that they've got that winning DNA, that they win games they shouldn't win, that they win games when they're not at their best, that they win games against good teams when they have no business winning games just because they find ways to win. That's what a winning DNA is. Let's talk to Paul in Rhode Island. What's up, Paul? Hi, boys. How are you, boys? Yeah, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Listen, I love your show. I've been hearing and hearing and hearing. You have such good stuff that you don't even need to copy uh, from other shows. But I'm going to say this once and once only. The way it looks, the way it looks, it's going to be Buffalo the Ravens, okay? okay. And it's going to be Dallas the Lions. Dallas the Lions, 30 years of misery and 28 years of misery. There's nothing we can do about it. There's two teams that's going to slip. They're going to have the carpet pull under their feet. And I'm telling you, the way it looks, the NFL wants to see these two teams in the NFC in the quarterfinals. And I'm going to tell you, Buffalo, they've made their bed. They've made their bed. And uh, Ravens, you ever see, you see this guy, this quarterback play? I have. Lamar is unbelievable. He's going to pass Mahomes. Mahomes made his bet, too. Don't get me wrong. And the rest of the team. But I'm going to tell you. I love your show, and thank you for taking my call. Hey, thanks, Paul. Listen, I, 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 I'm appreciative of the development we've seen from Lamar Jackson. Okay, because I, I called him Limp Biscuit when we started this whole, you know, 2019. I thought it'd be a fad for a little bit, and then they kind of tail off, and it wouldn't work. He has really developed as a passer. And I'm I'm rooting for him. I think that they could go places, but I again, you know, we're just talking about the Celtics. Until I see it in the playoffs, especially in a situation where the Ravens get off script and they have to throw all throughout the third and fourth quarter, and they get down, or it's cold, or there's weather, or whatever it is. I still need to see Lamar Jackson in those moments. I have a lot more confidence that he'll be able to come through. I think his weapons are better. That helps. He's got support. He's got a defense. He's got all the, you know, the intangibles and the recipe for a championship team is there in Baltimore, especially if Jackson is going to play like the NBA MVP candidate that he is. Boy, Dallas and Detroit. <laughs> that would be If that's the NFC Championship, I'm busting out all the 90s starter jackets, Barry Sand, like whatever it is. That would be a fiesta for me um just w- having watched those teams as a kid. With those great players, the Emmett Smiths, Michael Irvins, Barry Sanders, and to see them, I mean, he said 30 years for the Lions. They haven't even been in, the, you know, at least Dallas 28 years ago won the Super Bowl. Detroit hasn't won anything. They went to the NFC Championship, I think, once. 
that would be crazy if it ends up Dallas and Detroit for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. I don't expect it to happen. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Let's talk to Dan in Northampton on Jason Tatum. Hey, Dan. Hey. So talking about intangibles, something I see in Tatum this year uh, that I've never seen the years he's been on the team is he has the complete game now. People have said this. He doesn't have to score. He passes the ball. He set picks. He rebounds. He plays defense. And he has a mindset where he doesn't have to go get his 30 points so that he can get the big payday and everything. He's playing more of a team game as everybody is. And I think that's the formula that's going to put him over the top. But I just wanted to mention something I haven't heard anybody say, and I listen to sports radio a lot uh, to you guys all hours of the day. I noticed in Tatum for several years now, I can tell you when he's going to miss a three-point shot, um, not necessarily a two-point shot. He has a hitch in his his mechanics where he puts the ball back further behind his head. Mm-hmm. You know how they say Brown has that flick of the wrist, and so does Tatum. When he has good form shooting a three-pointer, you know it's going to go in just because he he uses those mechanics repetitively that work really well. But there are times where he comes down the court, and I don't know if it's because he's not set right coming off a pick or whatever it is. He has a hitch to his shot, and I can watch it almost 100% of the time and tell you it's going to miss while the ball's in the air because of that hitch. I hope somebody who coaches him and works with him sees that, and when he's consistent with his three-point shot, that he's not doing that hitch. And when he is, he's going to miss. So I don't know if you've ever noticed that in his shot. I can't say I've noticed that's that. that's critical in terms of that? I can't say I've noticed that, but that's a good uh, pickup on your, on your part, Dan. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I, I'm more concerned. You know, Dan is absolutely right. Tatum is so impressive. He does everything well. He's unselfish. He's a good teammate. He has swag. You know, he obviously is a, a, a elite, elite offensive player. He can rebound. He finds the open man. He's an underrated defender. All of the above. I just question, can he be consistent in the big moments of the biggest games in the playoffs? And again, it's a high bar. It's not fair. I mean, we saw LeBron James. Some people say he's the greatest of all time. I don't. But some people say he's the greatest of all time, and you could certainly make that case. But LeBron James had issues with this. LeBron James had issues in the clutch moments being at his very best. He's just so wildly, unbelievably, freakishly talented He's been able to, at times, get away with it or overcome those issues or lean on the guys around him, Kyrie or you know, whatever it is. I just don't know if Tatum can be consistent enough in the, you know, down the stretch of those big nip and tuck games in the playoffs when it matters the most. I think he's going to, not if, when. That's what I think with Tatum. But is when going to be this spring? I still need to see it. I think Holiday, I think Porzingis will help. Derek White's obviously going to help. And Jalen Brown could help avoid some of those situations if he has big games. But I just don't feel confident in Jalen Brown down the stretch scoring the final eight points via whether that's from the field or from the free throw line down the stretch of a fourth quarter game where it's a one-point you know, affair and each possession is everything. I, I don't think Jalen. I can't see Jalen Brown taking over that game. Maybe Jason Tatum if he's going well. If it's not, if he's not right, 
He could miss all of his shots. And I and sometimes Tatum is the fourth best player on the floor in the most important moments. I never feel that way with some of the other superstars in the NBA. Tatum, for some reason, can get to that low level more often than he should be able to when, you know, given his superstar status. All right, we get back. We have to we'll get back to more of some of the uh, emails. 617-779-7937. I'm gonna start the list though of the top ten moments. From Bill Belichick's time as New England Patriots head coach. We'll get that list going. That's coming up as well. This is the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dundaro here in for Rich on WEI. It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Boston. So you know his his feel on that. Yeah. So, dog, we in the huddle. And, you know, Cap come in there. He gave his pregame speech. And, you know, they retire like Bill Russell's jersey for everybody in the mm-hmm. league. So... They got six in our Raptors. Hey, he in his pregame speech like, tell me when you yeah, gonna man, see a Miami Heat jersey hanging in a Boston. Bill Russell too. I said, <laughs> bro, this man dead. OG. <laughs> I had to repent that. I love man, Bill. Man. No Bill disrespect Russell. to Bill. I love Bill. Yeah. He just caught that straight. No I love crazy. Bill. And man, he caught it straight. He's six feet by. under, man. But will you ever see a Miami Heat jersey hanging in Boston never, Raptors? Man, respect to Bill Russell. I love it. Why the fuck he got to hang in here? Did that come out the people mouth to us when we playing there? Man, listen. I, I might not lie. take back what I said. <laughs> now that I think about it, the way they, the shit that they say to First us when we Bill playing had there, to go through it. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dondero in for Rich. That was Udonis Haslam, former Miami Heat. Or is he still on the Heat? I don't know. He's affiliated with the Heat. He's been on the Heat for 100 years. Um, Here's the problem with that. Okay, here's the problem I have with those comments. Um, Am I going to annihilate him for speaking the way he spoke about Bill Russell? I'm not going to annihilate him. He got caught up in the moment. He's, you know, trying to talk about – he's trying to fire up his team, going against the Celtics – so he said what he said, and he admitted he regretted it, and he has, you know, whatever. Um, the problem is, Udonis Haslam, now that you're done playing and you're you're in the media, you've got a podcast, whatever, they're all in the media, whatever, you don't talk like you're some legend. Just watch, you know, know your spot, know your place. You're not a legend of the NBA. You're my. You're you're not even really a Miami Heat legend. I guess you could be considered that because you were there for so long. But what did you really do? You know, you're more of a legend in name than actual performance. Um, so don't go out there and talk like you're Kevin Garnett because you're not. Okay, because once upon a time, Draymond Green famously said to Paul Pierce, "You ain't Kobe." Which was true. Uh, Paul Pierce is still a damn good player. He's still a Hall of Famer. And he's way better and more accomplished than anything Udonis Haslam ever was. That's a fact. Okay? Udonis Haslam, again, he was emotional. He's talking the Celtics-Heat rivalry is a big deal. Stupid comment. Have some respect for the greatest Bill Russell, you know. Bill Russell, not only what he did for the NBA and basketball, but everything outside of the game, civil rights, all the things that he endured in Boston. I mean, this guy is as big of a sport. They're they're better players, better athletes, more accomplished, whatever. There is no bigger legend of sport in America or the world than Bill Russell. Bill Russell is as big of a legend of sport as you will ever find. Again, 
better players, you know, more legendary resumes, better athletes, whatever you want to say, you'll find those guys. But as far as being a legend of sport, he is as big as you will find in terms of what he did for the game, what he had to go through, what he did off the court using his platform. There is no bigger legend of sport than Bill Russell and how he impacted the world via his athletic ability. That's all I'm going to say about that. So Udonis Haslam, just watch it. And if I'll tell you this. <laughs> Hold on before I throw up on myself. If I'm the Boston Celtics, I absolutely use that. Now, it might be a ways off before that quote, that soundbite, could be applicable to something that you're trying to trying to do, trying to use. I would save that in my back pocket. And I would keep that for when you play them in the playoffs and when you're you know getting set for a big game six on the road or a big game five in Boston where you could go up three games to one or whatever it is. You know. I would save that. You've had enough trouble with the heat. And not to make this into too big of a thing. I don't think it was that big a deal. But, you know, just save it. Use it. You don't think that type of comment echoing through TD Garden as a huge playoff game against the Miami Heat would fire up everybody in that building, including the damn Celtics? Absolutely. Save the comment and just use it when it's applicable. But Udonis Haslam, he's no legend. Stop talking like one. All right, when we get back, um, some more football. We can get into a Red Sox conversation. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. And we'll start our list of the top 10 moments during Bill Belichick's tenure as Patriots head coach. This is the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dondero in for Rich on WEI. 